Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media. And we have a fantastic guest today. Paul Gowder leads a Facebook group called Pow Wow Nation, and it has over 97,000 members. So we invited him to the show today to discuss all the ways that he keeps his community engaged, connected, and monetized. And we're going to talk about audio rooms. We're going to also talk about shop in groups and also the new welcome page for groups uh, as well on the show. So, Paul, thank you so much for coming today, my friend. Excited that you're here. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me. Community has been a part of our um, our business for, since the beginning, so I'm excited to talk to people about that today. Yeah. So if you don't know who Paul Gowder is, uh, I'm going to introduce you to him because he, he is he is amazing guy. Many momentum Lou Mangello's uh, event and was super impressed by all that he uh, teaches and and just him as a person. But he is the owner and founder of powwows.com and it's the leading online community celebrating native Native American arts and culture for the past 25 years. So powwows.com is the number one research resource for learning about powwows and Native American heritage. He's visited hundreds of powwows around North America, and he he captures these events and publishes them to millions of viewers on his website and YouTube channel. And Paul is also a leading expert in community development, content creation, social media, and email marketing. And he's forged a successful path in blogging, live video, streaming, and podcasting. And he helps entrepreneurs navigate the successes and pitfalls of building an online business through his public speaking and consulting services. Once again, Paul, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. That was a good intro. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, I think it's really cool that you've created this group celebrating such a sometimes marginalized, sometimes misunderstood community. Can you tell us more about powwows.com and then also powwow nation? Sure. So I had to go back. So I started powwows.com in 1996. We have been around a long time. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary and it was really an accident. I was teaching myself how to do web pages while in college. And when I threw up these pages about powwow, because that was something I, I knew about and I was involved in, um, I just threw them out there, not thinking anything about them. Within days, I started getting messages from people and they wanted to, you know, they were asking me questions, but they wanted to talk to other people that were powwow. And they're like, oh my gosh, there's there's other people out there on the web. Can How can we talk? And so really from the beginning, it powwows.com grew because of community. And we threw up forums in the early days and, and that's where the community came from. So when social media and, and Facebook and all this came about, you know, it was a natural transition for us to go from 
forums that we hosted to Facebook groups. So Powwow Nation is one of our groups. We actually have three groups on, on powwows.com, um, but Powwow Nation is our main group. And that's just a place for our community to come and, and interact with each other and uh, talk and that we get posts from all, you know, all kinds of things, whether it's powwow related or not. Uh, but that is the, really the, the hub for where our community is right now. Mm. So what is your connection to the to the First Nation Native American community? How did you get how did you get into this? <laughs> yeah, so it's not something I grew up knowing about. It wasn't wasn't until mm -hmm. college that I really started doing the research and found out that, you know, I am a descendant from uh, on my father's side. Uh, and then I had friends that were were into the powwow world and they brought me in and, and taught me um took me some of the powwows and taught me how to do, you know, make the outfits and everything like that. So um, I started dancing uh, in the early 90s and traveling to powwows. So um, unfortunately, I don't get to dance and participate as much anymore because I'm behind the camera. But, you know, I still enjoy we, you know, get to as many powwows as we can. Unfortunately, I've only been to one in the last two years. It's crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah. 2022, we're, we're going to be back at more powwows this year. So Are they starting back up? Are they doing more of yeah, them now? Yeah, they are back in a big way. Yeah, so I'm excited to be back at them in, in just a few weeks. So can you describe maybe a little bit of what, you know, is it a small event or is it like thousands of people come? Can you kind of explain to people who don't know yeah. what a powwow is? Sure, yeah, good question. So powwows, uh, they happen all over the U.S. and Canada. And they are just celebrations. So if you like, if you're from down here in the South, you know, any small town in the South has a festival, whether it's the sweet potato festival or the, we have an okra strut here near me. Um, there's always some kind of festival and powwows are, are like that. They are a festival, a celebration. They have them, whether it's sometimes some tribes have them an annual homecoming. Some people will schedule a, a special one for an anniversary or a birthday. Uh, some of them have in memory of something that happened. Um, and now with, with casinos and, and other big money coming into some of these tribes, there's, there's contest powwows. So we, on our calendar on powwows.com, we normally list 12 to 1300 a year. And that's not all of them. That, that is as many as we can find and capture. So they are literally all over the place and they range in size from, you know, a few dozen people to the one I'm heading to in a few weeks in Albuquerque, they'll have over 3000 dancers and somewhere in the neighborhood, you know, in the past, we'll see what, after COVID has done, but um, 100,000 people actually at the event. So they range in size, and, and uh, but they're all over. And so they are, not only are they a celebration of culture, um, and you see the dancing and the singing at the powwow, but they're also, like these other festivals that I'm talking about, you know, in, here in the South, but you've got the food, and you've got crafts, and uh, sometimes you'll have uh, special concerts and other things going other you know other kind of talents being shown uh so it's really a, an immersive experience of all types of native culture that's awesome now i want to i want to go to one so that's really that's really cool i don't think i've ever <laughs> been to one i'm that's really awesome uh, by the way i wanted yeah, to go ahead go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay, go let ahead. me go ahead. make sure that if if you're interested powwows are open to anybody they are um, welcoming for all visitors you know whoever you are you're welcome to come and attend the powwow and spectate um and participate you know go and eat the food and shop at the vendors that that's what they're for. They are really, uh, you know, a showcase for, for native culture to show others what what's going on. So yeah, go find one. There's, a, there are hundreds and hundreds of them. So there's, there's one somewhere close to you. And so the best way to find one would be go to powwows.com and look at your schedule. And that would be the best way. Yep. Powwows.com slash calendar. Uh, and we also have a resource if you're new and, and 
want to know more about that, powwows.com slash powwow101. That's kind of our what to expect at your first powwow. Um, yeah, so that'll really help you if you're if you're interested. Well, of course, just shoot me a message if you if you have questions. Um, I love helping people go to their first powwow and really experience this. It's something, if you've never been, it, it's hard to explain what you're going to see. Um, you're seeing traditions that are hundreds of years old mixed with contemporary art and and techniques. Um, so it's, it's really cool to, to be able to go and see that in person. Awesome. Well, Lynn uh, has this, Lynn Marie says this, she goes, she, I grew up in New Hampshire at the home of Dartmouth College and my favorite was looking for events each summer was the annual powwow being awed by the costumes, hypnotic music and dancing, uh, just all this stuff. Uh, she is a big fan of that. So thank you for that comment. Because yeah, now I'm, now I'm excited. I'm gonna have to find one. I'm sure there's some <laughs> around here. So well, Catherine Lang also said the Native American Festival in uh, Moundville, Alabama, is amazing. So she she endorses that one as well. <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh, and, and our friend Sabrina says she goes, I used to attend many powwows when she lived in Ohio. So very, very cool. I know uh, Sabrina is now in New York. So that's really cool, Sabrina. Thank you for letting us know. So uh, before we get started too deep in the show, I want to make sure that we do a shout out to our friends over at Ecamm who sponsored the show. You can find out more about social media, uh, that Ecamm by going to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. I know Paul uses it. Uh, they just rolled out a brand new update. Um, version 3.1.1, I think, just came out. Uh, I saw when I started today. So they've got some really cool stuff with a virtual mic, um, brand new overlays and some transitions. So uh, if you are on a Mac and you want to do live shows or even presentations or even record your TikToks, you can do it with Ecamm. It's an amazing program. Make sure you guys go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. So um, let's go right into this, Grace. And uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, managing a Facebook community because Paul's got one over 97,000. There's got to be some management stuff that he, some tricks that he can <laughs> let us know about. Um, but uh, I'll let you go ahead and just kind of introduce what's going on because there's a lot of stuff that's been happening re recently in the Facebook Ab groups. Go ahead. Absolutely. So yes, today we are talking about Facebook groups and Facebook communities. So Paul, you established your group on Facebook, Pow Wow Nation. It said uh, 2016, even though you've been doing this for the past 25 years. And as uh, my friend Jeff here just mentioned, it has grown to over 97,000. And it's actually nearing 98,000. Let's not be humble here. It is <laughs> almost 98,000 people. That is a massive group. So of course, 2019, Facebook kicked off F8, its annual developers conference, by rolling out changes to groups, saying that it is now the center of the Facebook experience, as well as rolling out new ways that Facebook was supposedly going to help people use groups to bring people together offline. So obviously, a lot has happened since 2019, uh, you know global pandemic uh, hurdled the adoption of live video and push us deeper online. You know, there's been a rise of uh, social audio. We're going to talk a little bit about your use of audio rooms in your groups. Uh, you know, there's competing platforms also just raised. Uh, there's also just more raised awareness about different things happening online, you know, different cultural, political, generational divides all happening on Facebook. And then, of course, Facebook is now meta. So we do have a question from one of our friends, Ian Anderson Gray, about where you see Facebook groups going. Do you see it continuing to be a strong area in light of all of these uh, shifts? So my question is, if you're starting a community from scratch, 
Would you focus on Facebook? Uh, it seems to me that it's a lot more difficult to grow a Facebook group right now. Uh, and also, depending on where your audience is, I mean, my audience are like split over everywhere. LinkedIn, there are some on Facebook, Instagram. So is Facebook, a Facebook group, the best community place? Uh, what would you, yeah, and, and how do you do that? How is a good way to actually start and get that engagement right from the word go? Because it is difficult. Yeah, he's right. It, it is difficult. And your community is probably spread all over the place. For me, I still think Facebook groups are a really strong place to go. Facebook still has a, a very large footprint and tons of people still on the platform. I know there's there's lots of things going on and people are, are wondering if they can trust all the things Facebook does. And, and I get all that but they still have a ton of people and what they're doing with their groups and building in the groups into more organically seeing things in your feed, um, pushing more of the content um, out from groups there with that focus on them. Um, you know, when Facebook focuses on something, it's pro we should probably pay attention. And, and that's probably where we want to at least spend some of our time. So for me, it's still a valuable resource. And I do see, um, I still see growth in our group. Um, you know, starting a, starting a group from from scratch that is tough. Um, and I think it's tough on any platform when you start from scratch. So I, you know, it's it's still a matter of you're going to have to create good content. You're going to have to um, find out who your who your audience really is and create content for them. And uh, as my friend Lou Mangello always says, you know, put out the content that you want, and you'll you'll find your group, and they will come to you. It may take a little more time now with with as spread out as people are, but. Yeah, I still think Facebook groups for me is still a very valuable resource. So real quick, do you ever get like reluctance or hesitation or actually people like pushing back on your Facebook group? Like, why are you using that? I don't want to be on Facebook because like BuzzFeed oh, yeah. reports that, you know, people are spending less time on Facebook, right. you know, because of the competition with TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they even said that their daily users are down me this quarter, you know, right. it's still 1.93 billion, but still, you know, <laughs> and people are critical of Facebook. So what do you tell people who say, I'm not on Facebook, so I, I can't be in your part of your group? You know, I get that a lot, um, especially around. So we are, one of our other Facebook groups is we have a, a buy, sell, trade group where people can come and post their crafts or, or things they're making, whatever. Um, and that group is really active. I think we we have 40, 50,000 members in there. But a lot of times when I'm promoting that in our newsletters and, and on the website, people do come to me and like, oh, man, I really want to, you know, I saw that picture you posted of this beadwork. I'd really like to go buy it, but I'm not on Facebook and I'm not going to join Facebook just to go shopping. And I get that. But it is an easy tool for us to allow people to post their items for sale in a really easy way. So, you know, there, there's that's the two sides of it. You know, people are reluctant and hesitant to come. But Facebook makes it so easy. Right. Uh, so you know, it's, that's hard. Um, but I still find, for it, again, for me, the people that are hesitant or reluctant are still less than the number of people joining those Facebook groups. So for me, I'm still seeing more growth and, and as opposed to the reluctance. Gotcha. So uh, and Sabrina goes, preach it, Paul, Sp uh, speaking my love language, community management. So she is she is all for this. Um, and um, Grace, I know you had a question, too. 
Yeah, I have a question. I'm, I'm going to bring up Andrew Cavanaugh. Uh, I, I hope I said that right. His question, he says he, he's a large group where he would get about 3,000 new members a week. That's amazing, by the way. And out of nowhere, growth has come to a crawl. Why do you think this would have happened? And how do I get the growth back again? I love that question because I think, you know, add, going back to Jeff's point about like maybe usage has slowed a little bit. It hasn't slowed that much. So let's talk about how to gain more of that momentum. Yeah, that's uh, wow. That would be amazing to have the, that kind of growth, and then um, and then tank. That's ter- you know, it'll be shocking. So, first thing I would do is try to figure out where that growth was coming from. If, if it was um, one particular post that was just being promoted by Facebook, or maybe some other group was promoting you, or cross cross referencing some of your content, I try to go find where that happened. And make sure you you have your group settings turned on. Facebook really wants your groups to be public right now. And if you have your groups public, there are way, you know, now they're taking comments and posts from your group and posting them on uh, people's feeds, even outside of your group, depending on, uh, you know, what that person's algorithm is or whatever. So make sure your group is public and you have all those features turned on and Facebook's going to help you promote the group. So that would be first thing I would go check your settings, make sure you didn't restrict something and not letting uh, Facebook really get in there and promote your group. Uh, wow, that's that's an incredible growth. I hope um, yeah, shoot me an email. I'd be, I'd be happy to look in, help you look into that too. So, um, so this is a great question from our friend Gary Stockton over on YouTube. He goes, "It's a tricky time to host groups. How do you encourage dialogue but avoid political rants?" Because I want to talk about you know what makes a Facebook group a good community, you know, a resource and a and a place where people want to be and. You know, if you have a bunch of trolls in there, people are dumping in like this political stuff or fake news or whatever, that can really, you know, dampen your group pretty quickly. So what do you do about that, Paul? That is tough. And with the nature of my group, it's just, there are sensitive topics. There are very politically charged topics and people are very passionate. You know, we're, we're talking about a racial issue. Uh, you know, not all the powwows are go down that road, but there are racial issues in, in our group. So we have it, it happens all the time. It, you probably on a daily basis will have something happen. And yeah, it, for me, what we try to do is we are, we're heavy handed. Uh, we do, if we see a post getting out of control, uh, we do not hesitate to cut off comments or, uh, ban people, suspend people, um, you know, some of the new features where you can, you know, put people on pause for 24 hours, 48 hours. Those are great resources. Sometimes people just need to cool off <laughs> in you know, Facebook groups and all social media. Sometimes you just need to think before you write that and, and right. suspending somebody for 24 hours might help do that. Hey folks, we are Hi, back. Sorry. I don't know. It was probably because we showed a video of Ian at the very beginning of the show, oh, it probably no. did I think, it. You know you, what? It's because I said something negative about the Book of Faces. This happens. So like. That's what happens. We're just, we're yeah. just going to refer to it as the website that shall be na- not named. That's okay? right. Like, <laughs> we're going to treat it like, uh, you know, the dark one, right. Baltimore. <laughs> okay. Where were we? We were getting ready. I think we were talking about um, being a good community because we're have, you know, yeah. managing trolls. I think, Paul, is what you were talking about before. So. Do you want to kind of finish that thought and talk about how you manage, um, you know, yeah. dealing with keeping, I guess, the, your community as a safe spot and some place where people feel good when they come in and not have to deal with all that negativity? Yeah, we, 
<clears throat> I encourage my moderators and we are very heavy handed. We take a very active role and we will shut down stuff quickly. Um, and we do not hesitate to suspend, ban, whatever needs to be done. So I love the idea, uh, some of the new tools Facebook has where you can suspend somebody for 24 hours or 48 hours. Sometimes it's just, that's what people need is just a cool off period. And so we, yeah, we take a very active role in making sure that it, things don't degrade. And I know we talk about we'll talk about it later some of the new admin tools uh, we also have some things turned on in admin assist to make sure that things don't go down a bad path that's great so ian so, says <laughs> he just finished reading 1984 it sounds like the thought police shut you down yeah that was probably what that's happened right. that's what that's, that's right what that's my, my big mouth got us in trouble again ian i'm sorry so <laughs> we have this question that comes up frequently when we talk about Facebook groups. And this one comes from our friend, Jim Fuse. So uh, Jeff, if you have that ready, queued up, ready to go, we, let's, let's play Jim's question here. Is it better to have a private group versus a public group, uh, especially if you are maybe talking about some stuff that if you want to call it as sensitive that you don't want shared outside the group, uh, would, would love to know that. So for me, it de really depends on the situation. I, I highly encourage everybody, if you're going to start a Facebook group, you need to start one that is public. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier bef before we stopped, um, Facebook is promoting public groups and they want you to have a public group and they want you to, you know, they're going to have tools and they're going to push that stuff out for you. So you should start one public group. Now for sensitive topics, we have a private group for powerwalls.com too. For people that are looking to trace their family heritage, they're looking to do geneal genealogical research. That was hard today. <laughs> we, have, we, we take that group and we make it private because that is people having very sensitive conversations. And the that's the issue of, you know, documenting your family. Not only is it private information, but it it can be controversial on some of that too. So we, we make that group private and you have to you know request to be a part of that. So it really depends on the situation, but if you're going to only have one group, have it public just because that's the way Facebook wants it right now. And that's the way you're going to get the best exposure. So we had a question earlier and I, I apologize because I can't pull it up because <laughs> the stream died. Um, it was pages versus groups she was oh, asking it was Catherine yeah yeah it was Catherine Lang and she says groups versus pages she says I already have a page should I also add a group so groups are the place where you can really engage with your community and they engage engage back I think of pages as your place to shout out your messages yes people can respond and yes there's comments but it's not really a, a two-way dialogue. It's not, you're not really having conversations. I, my page is just, I just feel like it's, Hey, we're doing this. Hey, there's this, Hey, there's this where the group is, we are going in and we're having long discussions. We're posting a topic or a question and people are going back and forth with it. So that's the place where community is. You can have community on your pages and, and we do uh, with powwows.com, but the group is really where the community is going to live and grow. And so it is two different things, it, at least what I've found. It's mm. a great, great point. Yeah, because I know I haven't done a group because one, I don't want to have to manage it. But uh, <laughs> I can see your point on that because um, and I've noticed that in Facebook, you know, the reach on pages have shrunk to almost nothing and, and being able to have that group where, where you can have community and build that. I think what you've been saying before and having that be public is super critical. So right. I want to dive right into something that's kind of new, 
And I want to know if you think it even matters, Paul, because uh, <laughs> you mentioned you use these new audio rooms, which every platform it seemed when the Clubhouse bandwagon hit that everybody wanted to jump in on it. And Facebook's no exception. So have you used them? Um, do you think they're still relevant? Um, kind of tell us what you've done with them. Okay, so I'll preface this by saying I have a biased opinion. Um, I was part of the Facebook Community Accelerator a couple of years ago, and I was in some of the testing for Facebook audio groups. So I have a little bit of a biased opinion. I just want to make sure I put that out there mm -hmm. first. Um, so audio groups, yeah, everybody came out with a clubhouse uh, uh, killer, right? Uh, trying to copy that. Audio rooms on Facebook are can be a great tool. And it goes back to, it just really depends on your audience. So we had our, the most successful audio room we've done is we scheduled one ahead of time, we promoted it, and we had a topic about the missing and murdered indigenous women crisis in North America. If you're not familiar, there is a, um, there's a real problem with uh, our indigenous women going missing, being killed, being victims of uh, assault, sexual abuse, and, and all kinds of other things. It's a horrible topic. but And so we brought in a couple of experts and we, we really dug into that topic. And we, you know, it was a, we felt like it was a more uh, safe place to just have an audio conversation and to, to have a little bit more of an intimate feel. That one was super successful. Uh, I've used audio rooms since then in several different ways. And I think it's a really good tool again, to, to talk to your community. I love the ability that I can start an audio room, just grab my phone and start talking to the community. And if, if, you know, if people are there and have questions, I can bring them on stage and let them interact too. It's a really quick way. And, and easier than sometimes going live because, you know, we right. feel like we're not camera ready or we're, you know, like I did one one time. Um, so my daughter's in marching band and we were before competition. Uh, I was doing my setup was over by myself and I had it, I had 15, 20 minutes. And so I just jumped on before the competition started and had an audio room and we had a nice discussion. It's great for that. I feel like it's a really easy, impromptu way to interact with the community. Now, having said all that, Facebook really put a lot of effort and, and energy into it and promotion into it a few months ago. I don't know if they're still doing it. You know, I've, some of the audio rooms I've done recently didn't get, hasn't gotten as much traction as they did a few months ago. You never know with Facebook where, where they're putting their attention. And so is the algorithm really going to pick it up? I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's something we'll continue to experiment with and, and use. It's not going to be, a, it's probably not going to be a priority for us in our community right now. And I also wonder is, if it's because now we can, we actually can put on pants and go outside. If people are using, you know, audio rooms, like <laughs> yeah. just because, sure. right, you know, right. you should put on pants some and go us, outside. That's just some important of us to say. Never, some of us never stopped wearing pants, Jeff, well, just saying. Just important safety tip. If you go outside, pants are, are pants. encouraged. <laughs> Um, so Ian asked this question and before we go on to our next section, I want to, I want to bring this up because I think this is interesting. He goes, uh, I'll be creating a Facebook group. As soon as I hire a community manager, it's not something I think I can do on my mm -hmm. own. So I want to talk about that. Um, first of all, Paul, these, do you get volunteers out of your group and what do you look for to helps to have somebody help with your community? And right. should you wait until you're grown big enough that you need a community manager and you know, what do you need to look for to hire one or whatever? 
So Facebook groups can be a ton of work. I, I agree, Ian, it, it is a little bit scary. And especially if your group really starts growing, it's a lot of effort to approve members, look at new posts, watch the comments, all of that, yes. So when I talked earlier about how powwows.com got started, our origins was on the old forums, vBulletin. Uh, if anybody remembers yeah, vBulletin, yeah. Lou and I like to reminisce about the old days of vBulletin, it was great. So. When we were on vBulletin, we had a huge team of like 30 or 40 moderators. And those were all volunteers that, that organically came out of the community. With Facebook groups, we're doing the same kind of thing. We're looking at people that are creating good topics, are really engaging in the comments, making uh, insightful posts, uh, helping other people. And when we see them, we'll talk to them about them helping out and moderating. So yeah, we use a lot of community volunteers for moderating. Now, I also, so go back a, a year, I did have some paid people helping manage the Facebook group, especially handy, handling new members. Now, we've been very fortunate. Uh, I was able to wrap a whole bunch of these contractors that I had into one role, and now my wife is uh, is <laughs> doing go. all of that. Um, that combined with her travel, she's a travel planner too, so that combined with her travel planner, she that's now her um, full-time responsibility is managing some of the community aspects um, as well as her travel stuff. So yes, I do. I still can't kind of count that as we have somebody that is a paid person managing the Facebook groups. So again, you know, some of these things that are daily just tasks, I, when your group gets bigger, you, you are going to want to have some help. But again, if you have an active community, you can get, especially in the beginning, you can get help from your community. Look to your members and find those people that are very active and, and talk to them about being a moderator. You can, you know, you'll find some really uh, great people right there in your community that can help out. That's awesome. That's great advice. So Ian, there's no excuse. You need to start a group. So, um, start a group. and as Sabrina says, yes, as a community manager, it is a lot of work, which is very, very true. And that leads me to our second segment that we're going to talk about is like, you're doing all this work. You kind of want to, you're not doing it just, you know, you may for the goodness of your heart, but you may <laughs> want to make some money at this. So, um, we're going to talk about some ways to monetize your Facebook group because, um, you know, Facebook has rolled out recently some of some new ways that you can actually monetize your Facebook group. First of all, community shops and fundraisers, and it's kind of mirroring features that are elsewhere on the platform. If you you see that with just some pages that are doing it, community shops are an extension of Facebook's existing features and allow group admins to sell themed merch or other goods. And likewise, fundraisers will enable ad, admins to crowdfund specific projects or otherwise offsets the costs of running the group, which which is what we just talked about. And also paid subgroups. So those are subscription-based subgroups, and they're actually smaller groups within a group where members pay a monthly fee to participate. And um, you can have these subgroups for free. In fact, Paul has some that I, that I wanted to talk about a little bit. When I went into his group, I just noticed them as well. And it's a paid version of the, the free subgroup feature, and it's kind of the latest effort for them to do this subscription-based product that you see rolling out on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. So talk about, uh, Paul, how you're using subgroups in your Facebook group, right? Uh, your Facebook group now, Pow Wow Nation. Um, I, I would love to know because I thought that was really interesting when I, when I dove in there. Yeah. So again, going back to our V bulletin days, we had lots of forums set up all kinds of different topics, not just powwow related, but you know, we had just general, uh, life topics. 
So that's something we've been experimenting with subgroups. Um, and again, I miss those V bulletin days because with in the subforms and V bulletin, you could set special permissions in subgroups. So one of the things we're experimenting with is having a subgroup designed for people to ask questions if, they, if it's their first time or they're new to powwows and kind of have that safe space and, and not ask a question. Okay. And here, I'll give you an example. In our community, in the powwow world, when people come in and use the word costume uh, to describe what dancers are wearing, it can be offensive to some people. Now, what I always try to tell people, because we get new people coming in and they don't know that that word is offensive. So they'll come into the main Facebook group and they'll ask a question about, hey, I saw this costume. What does it mean? And that will just lead into this big, long discussion and they don't get their question answered. So we're trying to create some safe spaces for people to come in and ask those kind of questions and not feel like uh, they're getting attacked um, and, and then be able to educate them and say, you know, they, that's the, probably not the right word. You didn't know that, but here, here's a better way of doing it. So that's what we're one of the ways we're experimenting with subgroups. Uh, I'd love to eventually, hopefully, uh, you know, face, as Facebook evolves these subgroups, I'd love to take our three separate Facebook groups we have now and be able to combine them all into one Facebook group, you know, and have a play a marketplace and, and have the one for genealogy and all be one home. So I'm hoping that's as as subgroups evolve, that will happen. We're, we haven't done a paid subgroup. I know you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. We haven't done one yet. That's probably something, again, uh, now that my my role in powers.com has changed a little bit now that I've retired from my day job, we're going to look at other things like that and look and see if that's something that will fit our community. It, it, it is a great feature, and I know lots of people are using it really well. Um, you know, Somebody earlier was asking about paid or private versus public. The subgroups is a great way to have a public group with a private component, uh, especially with a paid mm -hmm. subgroup, you can kind of restrict it there too. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a really cool feature. So before we move on, yeah. I wanted to ask, um, are there any other ways that you're monetizing your group? Uh, because, you know, I know you kind of did this at first to kind of to build community. And a lot of times you don't want to go and mo you know monetize your community because that can be a little skeevy and sleazy feeling but you also have to keep the lights on so are there any other ways that you are monetizing your group maybe not in an overt way but in a different type of way sure so number one our main revenue at powells.com is advertising so we do use the group as a way to drive traffic back to the website. So if we have a big promotion or giveaway or some kind of content that we want people to do, we are promoting that in the group and, and hoping that we can get traffic off the Facebook platform to our website because that is our number one source of revenue. But we're also doing some other things too that indirectly uh, benefit and, and monetize. Uh, we've done a Facebook live event or a paid live event. We actually had somebody come in and, and do a special concert presentation and we um that was paid so that was really cool and that was you know, that was really direct monetization other things we're doing too is uh and i think you have this on the, on the agenda to talk more about later but we are using a tool called group funnels to help get emails out of the group and then we can really market to them a little bit better with our email marketing um but for the most part i don't look at our group as a revenue stream i look at it as the place where the community is just going to go. And a lot of time, you know, I do go in the group and I interact and I post questions, but a lot of times for our group, I just try to stay out of the way and let the community, you know, in, engage with themselves. 
Mm. That's a good, I, and I could tell you're a Lou Mangiello disciple because that's one of the things he always is say is like <laughs> he built the, you know, he built the community and everybody else plays in it. So it's that kind of that right. philosophy is like you, you build it and you interact and give things for them to talk about, but you kind of stay out of the way. So I think that's really, really cool. So let's dive into our next section, Grace. And this is going to be really interesting to a lot of people is the Facebook group management tools. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, Facebook announced some new features to help group admins. We touched on a little bit about the reasons why, but one of them is the ability to automatically decline incoming posts that have been identified as containing false information by their third-party fact checkers. There's also a number of new features to help admins more efficiently manage that flow of comments. Some of them is um, the ability to mute or suspend. So admins and mons mods can temporarily suspend members from posting, commenting, reacting, participating in group chats, or creating and entering rooms in the group. Um, and then the other two features I thought was really cool for promotion. One is the QR code. Of course, QR codes had their uh, glow up over this last couple of years. We didn't realize <laughs> how cool they were until our lives depended on them. So now you have the ability to generate a uh, QR code, which you can copy and paste and share everywhere to get the group across. Sometimes it's clunky to get that URL just right or whatever. Uh, and then the other one is the option for admins to send invites by email, which ties into what you're talking about creating uh, email funnels with your groups. So those are the things that were just announced a few weeks ago. Paul, have you implemented any of these new tools and the way that you manage your group? And what do you think of them? They're awesome. Yes. Uh, but I do <laughs> want to back up. I forgot, uh, Jeff mentioned it and I forgot to mention it, uh, say it in the monetization. We are using shop, the new shop feature in our Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's that, talk that about that. Still, yeah, yeah, that, that's something that's still rolling out, uh, but it allows you to sell products directly in your Facebook group. So if you and if you have it turned on in your page, you can take those same products and post them in your group. Uh, it's it can be a little difficult to set up because you have to get into the Facebook business manager part and set up your store. Um, but for me, like we run everything through a Shopify so you can on your Shopify, you just install the Facebook app and it takes care of all that for you. And it takes all of your inventory and posts it on your group automatically as you create new products. It's a great, if you're selling merch, it is a great way to easily get your stuff into the group. And Facebook, you know, the tool is really nice. And so again, with Shopify, uh, I'm able, every time I create a new product, it automatically just promotes it in the group. And so that's a really cool tool. If you're, if you are selling merch, you do go check that out. It's really, really helpful. Um, so does, now, uh, Oh go, ahead. oh, go ahead. I was uh, going to uh, ask: go Does the tool allow? Does the tool allow you to just like if I see a product, some beautiful beadwork in your group, and I want to buy it, can I automatically just buy it in the group? It takes me through the payment, and then it's you get you get my order, and then it comes to me. Or are there any other steps involved on the uh, on the setup end or the user end? Right. So there's a couple of different ways you can set it up. You can choose to let the checkout process happen right on Facebook. And of course, you know, Facebook, that's the way they're going to prefer it. <laughs> they want the money to run through their platform. Uh, yep. With I've set it up the other way where the, the payment processing happens on Shopify, just because, okay. and not to get too deep into it, but I use print on demand. And so Shopify handles paying the people who are printing the shirt and then giving yeah. me, you know, sending me the, the rest of it. And so if I, if I do the checkout on Facebook, some of that breaks, uh, but you can do it either way. And so, if you are just selling a few products, turning it on and letting Facebook handle the whole transaction is going to be a great user experience. 
and really, really quick to eat and easy to, for people to buy a product and just check out. So what is the cut? Does Facebook take a cut of your sales or how does that work with Facebook shops? Currently, there is not a cut. I am sure that they are going to <laughs> they're going to have something soon. Uh, but I think they're also looking at ways to for them to monetize this and you know put it into their ad ecosystem so that you can start boosting um, products and, and promoting products more than others. So uh, it's coming. Right now, they are just promoting it and and letting you do it all free. You know, Facebook's good at that. They they want to give right. you it yeah. first. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So I'm glad we talked about shops because that was one of the big things. Uh, um, thank you for for uh, putting the brakes on that because uh, that's super important because I think we're seeing that across all the networks and everything is the monetization and selling products of, you know, for, for creators to, to be able to do that, which I think is great. And the, the platform that's going to have the lowest amount of friction, I think, is going to be the one that wins. And I love that you're saying that Shopify kind of kind of can integrate with that and hopefully that will come come easier because I used to set up e-commerce websites and back in the day and Shopify is amazing. I would have killed for that back back when I did it because it was I know, right? Oh my God, gosh. It, it's so easy now. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, it's so it, the tools are amazing and so it's really letting a lot of people sell products and create businesses that's so so much faster. Um yeah. so let me and so we'll switch now and talk about these admin tools, which I think is yeah. uh, Ian, who was worried about hiring a community manager. Some of these tools can really help you get over that hurdle until you you have some some other people and processes in place. We use these tools um, in a couple of ways. One, for new members, we do have some rules turned on so that if you're requesting access to the group and you don't have certain things, we're not letting you in. But more importantly, we have these admin assist tools set to, again, you were talking about, you know, the political problems and the trolls and all of, you know, things starting to go down a bad path. And, you know, once we all know what happens and once a couple of people get in an argument or right. some of these, it's, it's just going to go downhill real quick. So these admin tools now let you put things in place like if if a post gets so many comments within a certain time period, Sl slow down the commenting and then we have then we can put another rule in place if it continues then close commenting and all that happens automatically and we don't have to to even go in there because we all know i mean these things can happen so quickly that you don't even have time to react even if you're getting notifications and in large groups notifications can be overwhelming um so these things can really degrade quicker than you can respond so these admin tools are awesome for that and like we even have it turned on like if you don't have a profile picture set your post is not approved. Um, we want to make sure that we keep all the spam out and the bots out. And yeah, these, these groups are really, really, or these tools now are really helpful to set up some basic procedures in your group and, and to kind of at least take that first layer of management and maintenance off of you. Mm, that's really cool. So a couple of questions that I have, um, I know they have these things now where you can actually, instead of a lot of times it's like, you could just ban somebody, or, you know, whatever. And now there's like, you can put them in timeout kind of pretty much yeah. like, you know, go, go think about yeah. what you've done kind of a thing. Um, so, and, and even Gary says, uh, it's really awesome with all these, uh, group mods, uh, help, help them run a good, a, a good and great group. Yeah. So 
what about talk about the, the timeout kind of thing and do you have rules in place that you use for that and also do you have is there a way to ban like specific words like you mentioned that there's a problem when people come in and talk about costumes right. and that kind of can upset and inflame the community uh, because just uh, just don't know any better can you set certain like key words to have different modifications on them or not I don't know if you can set it to have automatic like actions. What we do is uh, there's a keyword alert feature in the group. So we turn it on. And so that if, if certain words are posted, then all of the admins will get and, uh, and moderators will get a notification immediately so that you, you know, what's happening. So we, and we have a few of those turned on. That's really helpful. Um, and, and cause yeah, this stuff happens so fast. Um, <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. It so really I, is. I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say on the fast thing, do you, I know some people have it like set up and I don't know how you would manage this, but that every post has to be approved before it's live. You know, they'll, they'll we have do, it like, you do that as well. We have that turned on. Every new post has to be approved by a moderator or admin. And it, again, that takes a lot more work and, and sorry, Ian, <laughs> I know we're, we keep putting more work on top of you, right. uh, but it, it does take a little bit more effort and but we want to make sure that one we keep spam out two that somebody's not posting just to start a fight uh and mm. of course we're also we're also trying to keep out you know there's people trying to do self-promotion or mm. um things like that. And we've got we have a lot because of the size of our group we'll have a lot of people joining and i guess this kind of falls into the spam category but we'll have people like they'll create a post that might be a really good topic and they'll post it in their own group and then share it from their group to our group. Just, you know, trying to get that cross promotion instead of just organically posting it in, in our group. Uh, so we, we try it, when that happens, we'll, we'll delete it, but we'll talk to them and be like, Hey, look, you know, I get, I understand what you're trying to do. Let's, let's figure out a better way to post that kind of content. Uh, and, you know, so we, we, we do that a lot too. Um, but yeah, every post has to be approved by a mod for us. Gotcha. And how long is your turnaround time on like when, when you, what, what do you try to get them approved within a day within? Cause uh, I understand for a group, your size, I mean, 98,000 people, that's a lot to manage. I do not, but I'm in some groups where there's 20 people and they have that on. And I'm like, seriously, like I could right. call all of you. And <laughs> I could call all of you and ask this question before right. you, you get to it. Right? Group Facebook. Yeah. So we try to, we try to clear the queue every day. Um, yeah. And so like, my, like I said, my wife is now one of the main admins in that group. And so she, she goes through a couple times a day and tries to clear out all of the pending posts. Um, so we, do, we try not to let anything go more than a day. You know, of course there's going to be times where you're traveling and, but we have, yeah. we have mods too, that are, that are in there and they're cleaning it out a couple times a day. So, most of the time a post is not going to sit waiting to be approved more than a few hours. Mm. That's good. So Ian e has a really great, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to call out Ian's question. He says, uh, do you use any third party tools for your Facebook group or should these be avoided? I'm curious what those third party tools could be. <laughs> what do you have in mind? There, well, yeah, there's some third party tools that can help you schedule posts, those kind of things. Um, we don't use any of those. Uh, but the best third party tool that we use in Facebook groups right now is group funnels. Uh, I wish I had an affiliate link. I would post that right now, but, um, <laughs> but group funnels for us is, is, is awesome. 
what it allows you to do is, you know, you can ask questions for groups, for people that are looking to join your group. One of our questions is, hey, do you want to subscribe to our newsletter? If so, leave your email address. And Group Funnels takes that those questions, automatically puts them in a Google Sheet, which then we can set up automation to, to move into our email list. It is fantastic. We have grown our list over 10,000 people in the last year just by doing that. Okay, so I want to I want to dive into this before we we wrap yeah. things up because I know at at, um, at Momentum you spoke a lot about email marketing and you know how groups have funneled it into your list. Which for everybody listening, this is the mic drop moment because in, he's he's siphoning people from his group into his list, which he owns. You know, Facebook. You know, we always talk about building our you know on rented land. The way your ten thousand emails siphoned off. Um, Facebook, uh, what is your strategy? I mean, is there, do you do it once a week? I mean, kind of give us some of your strategy on how you do this, because right. I think people starting out even small groups that they need to start this process now as it grows, because it's just going to, you know, bless them more down the line. Yes. For anybody who, who is starting out, whether building a business, starting a Facebook group, starting a Facebook page, the number one thing you should always do what I tell people is start your email list immediately. You want to own your followers and your customers. And the only way you can do that is with an email list. So what group funnels allows us to do is create this automation and it happens. It's not once I'll back up. When we started asking people for their email addresses, I hired a VA that would go in there once a day, collect all the email addresses and then approve the, the members with the size of our group that got to be a little overwhelming and people were waiting two and three days to be approved just because of the volume. Mm -hmm. So I looked for and found a tool group funnels and it does that now whenever, um, and my wife now handles all of the, the group approvals. So whenever she hits approve on a new member, that email is put instantly into our email list. Hmm. And, and why, why would they give you their, their email? What's the, is it, do that, do they have to give the email to join the group? Cause I know some groups do that, right. but what is the incentive that they get for joining your list? Right. So we don't make it a required field. Uh, we would we'd love for you to, but we, we know that some people don't want to give out their email addresses and that's okay. And so it's a, it's an optional group for our optional field for us. But what we're encouraging people to do is it is your way to subscribe to powwows.com and we use our newsletter, uh, probably the number one thing that people look to our newsletter for is we send out notifications and updates to the powwow calendar. So going back to people wanting to visit powwows and wanting to experience native culture in person, our powwow calendar is the number one resource for that. And we send out an email twice a month with all the updated listings. And you can get that, you know, if you're on our list, then you get that sent right to you. And so people want that information. And that's, that's probably the number one reason why people subscribe. Gotcha. And so your, does your email go out once a week or does it go out like once a month? How, how frequent do you email your list about this new, the new powwows that are coming out? New powwows we email out on the first and the 15th of the month. And then of course we have lots of uh, sequences and drip campaigns that are happening all throughout the week. Uh, so broadcast messages we're sending out that one on the first and 15th, we're sending out a weekly update newsletter once a week. So usually it's uh, maybe two broadcast messages a week, maybe, maybe more if we're doing a promotion or something like that. Gotcha. All right. As we wrap up, uh, I wanted to ask you what is like, what's your secret sauce to growing a great 
group. I mean, you grew from zero to 97,000. Now it didn't happen overnight. You've been doing this for what, yeah. uh, 20 years, something like what, something like that. Long time. Yeah. 25 yeah. years for the community itself. So there isn't, uh, I wish there was one secret thing. What I have found is that we continue to post good quality content in the group and on our page. And we, We've, we've tried to really identify who we're marketing to. And what we at Powellost.com are doing is trying to promote Native American culture to anybody, whether you grew up on a reservation, you're full-blooded Native, or whether you are new and an ally and just want to learn more. We are trying to just promote and raise awareness of Native American culture. So that's our mission. And we, we make sure all of our content really is focused on that and be trying to be as positive as we can. And so... You, then we just use the tools, whether it's our Facebook page or our Facebook group and promoting that contact content and interacting. And then, you know, we go back to what Lou said, you, you continue to put out the content that you want to read and that you believe in and the people like you will find you and, and, and come and join. So it really isn't for me, there isn't a magic bullet. It's just persistence over time and it, and it will happen. Um, a follow-up question to that. When you move from your bulletin board over to Facebook group, did you get a lot of pushback? Did you lose a lot of people? <laughs> I have an idea of the answer to that, but. Sure, well, I will tell you that it wasn't, because Facebook groups weren't immediately available when when social media was really right. coming onto the scene. And I remember there was, I, I should go back and look at Google Analytics. I mean, there were times when we were getting literally tens of thousands of posts a day on our forums. And then with Facebook, it just, you know, the traffic just tanked. Mm -hmm. I remember getting messages during that time of people that were longtime users and friends of the forums writing me and said, Paul, man, hey, the forums were great. Had a good time. It was a good run, but powwows.com is dead. I'm out. I'm over. I'm, I'm going to head into Facebook. And we got <laughs> dozens of messages like that. And it was hard. Um, it was for us, it was a real shift and, in how we had to do things and how we had to really look at social media differently. So it wasn't something that just happened overnight. It took, it took a couple of years to figure out how to use Facebook to continue to grow the community. Um, and it, it works now for us and we, we have a very successful group, but it wasn't easy. And it was something we really had to work at over a long period of time to make that transition from forums to Facebook. Mm. Well, th yeah, thanks for that. I mean, uh, that that every anytime you move, it's super super hard, and you always can't make everybody happy. So, uh, last question, Gary asks, what platform uh, were you using to manage your email? Sure, I'm using ConvertKit. Okay, that's what I use too. Uh -huh. Thanks, Gary, for asking <laughs> that question. By the way, before we wrap things up, I wanted to, I forgot to do it earlier, but I wanted to do another shout out to our sponsors over at ecamsocialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam. Uh, if, if you noticed that we our stream died in the middle of this, well, I would not be able to reset it as fast as we did without the amazing people over at Ecamm. They make it really easy to stream to uh, multiple platforms and get things back up and running. So thanks to them. Uh, it's an amazing tool. I love it. Um, I used it way before they were a sponsor, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam and paul you have been amazing uh, you had a great talk at momentum uh, you're not only an expert in facebook groups but community building uh email marketing all sorts of things but where can people go and find out more about you and what do you have coming up that you'd like to share with us 
Yeah. So I'd love to talk more about pe to people if you're looking to grow your business. Uh, PaulGatter.com is is that place. And we're, we're so I, I mentioned it earlier. I retired from my day job, and now this is my full time gig working PaulWallace.com and the PaulGatter.com. And so I really want to help you. I, over 25 years, I've had some ups and downs. And like I was just talking about a challenge where Facebook killed our community for a long time. I want to help you try to find ways to break through those barriers and really level up your business. So yeah, reach out to me. I'd love to help you. Uh, and I do have to say a special shout out. I saw Chad mention my shirt. So thank you for that um, in the comments. And he also mentioned uh, some of the issues with Disney and Native American culture. I actually did a Facebook yeah. Live about that a couple of days ago. There have been some issues there. Um, again, jump over on our group. I'd love to talk more about that with you, too. Yeah, and it's a great group. And and thanks, Paul, so much for, for being here today. Thank you guys for all your great comments. That was like the second comment about your shirt. So they really loved your shirt, by the way. <laughs> um, and uh, Paul has an invite. I'm sure he's going to come over there uh, shortly. But uh, make sure you guys go check us out over on volley and that's yep. oh, that's where we're talking about everything at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat uh you saw we were able and with their permission of course i was able to bring some uh videos in for people asking questions from our guests i think that is super cool socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat we'd love to see you guys there and always thank you to the amazing grace Duffy, Aww. who does an amazing job helping uh, produce this show and everything she does behind the scenes and being such a great host, all that stuff. Grace, where, where can people find out more about you? Well, we are kicking off our live show series over on Restream. So come join me this Thursday over on uh, YouTube or YouTube's Restream channel. Yeah, I wish Restream's <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> this has been great spite of technical difficulties thank, thank you for everyone for hanging with us and for paul for staying a little bit after the and he's been so generous with his time and his knowledge and he kept me and jeff on track with this show believe it or not so yes. we need all the help with that as as, as you know yeah. so our next show is on friday april 1st at 11 a.m central 10 8 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon Live. Thank you so much, Paul, for being here. Thank you to all our people in the audience. Sabrina, Gary, Chad, uh, Ian, as always, uh, all of you folks who chimed in with some great questions. Chris Stone was here. Uh, thank you for jumping over streams with us as we had some issues. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Social Media News Live.